Good morning and welcome to South Florida Sundays. I'm Trey Brazier, your host, along with my co-host, Mr. Patrick Franklin, Urban League, Palm Beach County, CEO and President. How's it going, sir? Good morning. Good morning, Trey. Good morning. It's always a wonderful time to yep. be here on a Sunday morning here. And Trey, you know, as, as we look around and um, it's October, mm-hmm. we're getting ready for all kind of different things for the fall season, getting, weather's changing. But we have a young man here with, with us today that everybody knows, and it's going to be a pleasure to have a conversation with him. Today we have Mr. Eric Kelly, the CEO of the Quantum Foundation. All right. Mm-hmm. Eric's a community leader. He's an advocate. He's a spokesperson. He is all that. The brother is the real deal. So I'm welcome. looking forward to, to, to this discussion. Eric, welcome to our Sunday morning discussion we have here. Eric, I've been knowing you for many years. We started back when you were at United Way mm-hmm. of Palm Beach County. I was at Motorola, and I never would have thought this day, as the years have gone by, the years have gone by, I'm talking 25 years, years probably. You're right. You're right. Um, of where we each have ended up to. Um, you're at the Quantum Foundation now. I've been at the Urban League for over 21 years now. Tell everybody a little bit about your background and how you got to be where you are right now mm-hmm. as a man. Well, let me just begin by saying this. Um, the fact that you called me a young man, can I come back next week? Absolutely. Look, you can come back as often as you want to. Listen, now it's Sunday, so you shouldn't be saying things that mm-hmm. ain't true, like mm-hmm. me being a young man. But no, listen, it's Sunday morning, so I think I can begin by saying this, man. There's a lot of grace that was set upon my life, and... Uh, there's always work to be done. There's always hard work, um, but a lot of grace. And, and, and what I mean by that is, listen, I grew up in a single-parent home. My mom raised her children. We grew up in the housing projects of Palatka, Florida, little old, little old town. And, uh, you know, the, the saying of, in Scripture talks, you know, it says of Jesus, nothing, what good can come out of, of, of Nazareth, man? I came out of a little small town, and there wasn't a whole lot to be expected mm-hmm. of a young black boy coming out of the housing projects of Palatka, Florida. Um, but I always had passion, I always had drive, man, and I always believed, and, and by faith I walked. And each one of those uh, became a stepping stone of a ladder, and so from the days that I met you and I was back at United Way, mm-hmm. I always knew that I wanted to and was going to help people. Mm-hmm. And from my time at United Way, and then I went on to have an opportunity to work at another foundation uh, before coming to Quantum. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Listen, man, I, I, I will say hard work, but I will also have to say a lot of grace, mm-hmm. great grace, uh, and God has been incredibly gracious to me in my journey. Uh, absolutely. Eric, al- along the way, we all have those who have helped us and have um, taught us and, and mentored us. Give us a few. Man, you know, this is this is a hard one. I was actually just at lunch with a colleague. Um, this is hard because I've never actually had intentional mentoring. In mm-hmm. my life, mm-hmm. uh, I've never had it, uh, anyone like I, I actually had lunch uh, the other day with a young man that I that I'm mentoring or discipling and spending time with. Mm-hmm. So I, I never had a direct line of mentorship. However, what I learned how to do over the years, Patrick, is watch. And I'm not saying this because you're sitting here, but I watched um, men like you who were in leadership position before you came to Urban League, and we're so grateful that you are here, but before Urban League, you were leading, you were on the board of United Way. Right. So as a youngster, when I actually was a young buck, uh, not so much young now, (laughs) I did watch. I I was really good at watching and paying attention and learning through the experiences that I I, had seen with others. And you may not recall, but and maybe you will, 
you know, I had conversations with men like you and women in our community who helped guide me and shape me. Um, but to name a, a, an actual mentor mm-hmm. with design to help guide me, man, I don't I don't. It's been have, a collection a, a, a it's, lo- it's along a, the way. That's right. It's a mm-hmm. collage of people that I've had the opportunity to learn mm-hmm. from. How how did you even envision getting started in that social service, philanthropic, giving back mode? How did you how did you see that in the early beginnings? And did you ever envision that you would be where you are right now? No. Uh, so funny when I when I first got the job as president of Quantum Foundation. So Quantum Foundation were 150 million dollars endowed in the market. We make grants every year off of the in, investment income. Mm-hmm. About seven and a half, eight million we pay out. And I remember first telling my mom, I've been at Quantum for 12 years, 13 years, 10 years as president. I remember telling my mom that I'd become president of Quantum Foundation and $150 million. She looked at me. I guess she's recalling that we grew up in the housing projects. And mm-hmm. she said, son, how did you get that job? Mm-hmm. Thanks for the confidence, mom. No, um, it was one of those things where I couldn't have envisioned it because we didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Now, I won't get into the contours of the American South, but I'm a son of the American South. So kids who look like me didn't get a chance to see the opportunities of where $150 million endowments rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't have envisioned this. But what I did envision, Patrick, was through the church, I saw people helping other people, yes. which was our community's philanthropy. Mm-hmm. The way we did philanthropy is, and I, I joke about this, uh, but it's so serious. I've given talks before, and I'll say philanthropy for me went like this. Go next door and ask for Miss Roberta. She got some sugar. Not, not, not. Who that? Miss Roberta, my mama said you got some sugar. That's philanthropy That's for philanthropy. us. That's philanthropy, yes. Because... Yes. Then they're going to make some Kool-Aid that we shouldn't have been drinking. That's right. Or, um, you know, go down the street, they're pieced away, and ask your auntie for this or that. So philanthropy for us was community taking care of community. I always knew I wanted to do that. I was I always wanted to help people. Uh, my um, I was on a path to become a physician mm-hmm. until I met organic chemistry. That had another plan for me. Oh, and, my God. And it wasn't, it I'm wasn't a, medicine. I'm, I'm going to come back to that. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm going to come back because my oldest daughter uh? wanted to be an orthodontist. Mm-hmm. And she met organic chemistry, they and, it tur- it, and it turns you around. It's the, it's the weeder course. That's it, all it, my it'll God, weed yes. you out. Um, yes. but, but I knew I would still want to help. So philanthropy is, is, the, design of, is the way I was designed to help and to mm-hmm. serve people. I did not know it was possible. I love being in this role uh, because kids like me who would not have seen the, right. these opportunities can actually see that there is a job, there's a career out here where you get to help people. You can make a living. How how many minorities in your estimation, Eric, are in the field you're in at this level? You know, I'll start with Florida. Uh, up until July, uh, I think it's July 10, 2023, I think that's when the, a young brother by the name of Isaiah Oliver was hired in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Up until that time, Patrick, I was the only black man in the state of Florida running mm. a foundation at, the, at, like, Quantum Foundation. Well, I mean, I know of two black people here in Palm Beach County. Yeah. Now, the the field is actually growing. So now wow. here in Palm Beach County, we're seeing more. Uh, I've, I've served on boards, um, you know, national boards where I, I see the field growing more. It's still a small percentage. Yes. Um, you know, I, I'm working on some studies now, you know, in the field and for the field of philanthropy and still the lion's share of both CEOs and board members are are non uh, African or the African diaspora. Yes. So we're still a relatively small, mm-hmm. you know, percentage of of the leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I can say growing, but again, very small. This week, we're talking to Eric Kelly. He is the CEO of Quantum Foundation. He's a community leader and an advocate here on South Florida Sundays. I'm Trey Brazier with Patrick Franklin from the Urban League, Palm Beach County. So, you know, as as you from, I would say, I'm on the nonprofit side. I'm on the provider side. You mm-hmm. on the giving side mm-hmm. of philanthropy, uh, basically. Um, there's a few of us on the on the provider side. How does someone like? And, and you mentioned on boards and things like this. How does someone even aspire to get to that philanthropy side of of the giving side? You know, it 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 really is an inside job, man. I, I don't I don't I hope that's not a negative connotation no that's life yeah yeah, yeah. um i it, you know i i i almost i have to say that i i nearly bulldozed my way and i remember being at a, a a workshop or something and this was years ago and a conversation came up about african-americans in leadership and philanthropy and mm-hmm. i remember um feeling pretty bold to just get up and say to the people in the room um there are no black men. I have not seen black men in philanthropy and I made a case about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, it wasn't long after that, that I, that I, that door started opening up for me. But I think for philanthropy, it's the history of philanthropy is such that it's contoured by the history of America, if you mm-hmm. follow me. And so philanthropy follows the contours of capitalism because it's born out of, you know, the, 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 the Northern, uh, guys like, you know, Andrew Carnegie and, right. and Rockefeller. Right. Uh, and back in those days, African-Americans, black folk, were not invited in. One so, at the table. Yes, sir. We're not at the ta- we were serving the table, we, but, well but not, we weren't at the table. Well, no, nah, you, you, you yeah. said a mouthful right there. Yeah. Um, so now, I think for, for, for black people, obviously there's more opportunity, but we still have to give voice to spaces that, that do not... Um, that we don't inhabit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, listen, I think it was Shirley Chisholm said, don't wait for the seat at the table, bring your own folding chair. And then some folks will say, just make your own table. The field of philanthropy is such that I believe that there is a need and people are seeing the need for more black people, people who identify as American-born black or of the African diaspora. But again, I, I think we have to give voice to the dearth and the lack. Mm-hmm. So for a black person, whether it's a person on the provider side or someone already in philanthropy, um, it's not going to be a natural fit. It won't be a natural flow. It will not be a natural flow. You got, I, I you think got it's to counter- make it and, and, and create it. Y- yes, sir. And be ready for it. Yes, sir. All right. I'm going to we're, we're talking with Eric Kelly here, our the CEO of the Quantum Foundation. Eric, how can someone get in touch with you if, if they're looking to get involved with you with the Quantum Foundation or to know more about the Quantum Foundation? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, now, just to be clear, we don't we don't fundraise. So yeah. there's, there's no need to at this time uh, raise money. I may have you. I may. I may ask you to have me back to talk about some things that we are going to be launching here yeah, soon. But we go, we're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah. but lear, learning more about Quantum Foundation, um, quantumfnd.org, fnd as in Frank Nancy David.org. You can go on our website, learn about the work that we do, the, the type of grants we make, uh, and if if there's a nonprofit organization that seeks to apply to Quantum Foundation mm-hmm. along the lines of our mission and our strategies. All that information is right there on our website. Okay. So what is the mission of the Quantum Foundation? Yeah, we, we are real clear that our, our goal is to uh, fund organizations that help Palm Beach County be healthy. So okay. we th- those are the words in our mission statement, uh, to inspire and fund initiatives that make Palm Beach County a healthy place. Well, this flows right into my next question. Yes, sir. 
good health is the lifeblood of a community. Mm-hmm. What initiatives or program has the foundation, has the Quantum Foundation funded that really piques your attention mm-hmm. as a change agent? Yeah, so what's interesting about that question, Patrick, is philanthropy and the nonprofit sector to date has really been programmatically focused, mm-hmm. one program at a time. What's happening now in the field of philanthropy is a, a look at whole communities. Um, there, is a, there is an organization out of Atlanta called Purpose Built Communities, mm-hmm. and they have a multi-pronged approach, which has been adopted here in West Palm Beach, of looking at a whole neighborhood and looking at mixed-income housing, cradle-to-career education, and wellness. And the reason that's important, and it's what, what we call that in, in our field is the social determinants of health. The reason that's important is because you can't be healthy. As a matter of fact, the literature now tells us 80% of a person's well-being has to do with features outside of going to see a physician. Mm-hmm. Only 20% of your health, I want to make sure you hear me say this, only 20% of your health and well-being is attributed to you seeing a primary care or some type of practitioner, health practitioner. The other 80% is where you live, mm-hmm. it's your education status, it's your employment status, it's the, the, the constructs of your community. All right, that, um, that vital environment. It's the yeah. environment. Uh, so I'll give you a couple of examples of things that people say, I, well, I didn't know Quantum Foundation do that. So we recently closed out a um, request for some funding over in Coleman Park. You're very familiar with the Coleman Park mm-hmm. area. Um, and it's actually a housing initiative. Okay. Uh, through an organization there in Coleman Park. We are also funding a gentleman who works for that organization as a community ambassador. Now, why is that important? Because a large part of a person's health and well-being has to do with stable housing. Mm-hmm. Because the literature show us that we connect housing features to the wraparound service, the whole service that this nonprofit organization is going to provide as people in the neighborhood. And we are very clear about people from the neighborhood need to have opportunity to buy into these new homes. This isn't one of those plays where you push the folks out of the community right. and then you know other mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. come in. So uh, what I would say, it's not a particular program. I, I didn't mention the name of the organization, but I think it's a, a funding philosophy yes. that, that we, Quantum, that we're looking at these social features and factors that hold poverty in place, and particularly for, for African-American and black folks, uh, some of the health outcomes that plague black communities, much of it tied back to that 80% of where people live. Uh, the last thing I'll say is this, and this is what really drove our movement around social determinants of health. I think it was um, Harvard School of Public Health back in you know, early 2000s said something like, your zip code is a better determinant of your health outcome than your genetic code. So hmm. where you live determines how long you live. For instance, Coleman Park has the lowest life expectancy of all census tracts in Palm Beach County. If you're born in Coleman Park, based on the latest census data, you're expected to live 67 years. In Palm Beach County, the average 80 is 80.1 years. Over on the island, a few blocks away over across Palm Beach Island, in some places, 84 years. So you, you lose life expectancy. Of where you live in. Because of where you live. Mm-hmm. This week, we're talking to Eric Kelly. He is the CEO of Quantum Foundation. He's a community leader and an advocate here on South Florida Sundays. I'm Trey Brazier with Patrick Franklin from the Urban League, Palm Beach County. You know, you mentioned housing development, and, and I just want to say this. Uh, we were very pleased. Uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. on Saturday, we, we hosted one of our monthly 
first time home buyer seminar, we had yes. over 80 people yes. that participated and engaged in, like anything, the demand for affordable housing is three to four times more than the supply of available housing here. Mm-hmm. And, and the key word is affordable. Mm-hmm. Here in Palm Beach County, Absolutely. so you know th- that that is a in the ultimate thing to keep our workers happy is to put a mm-hmm. roof over their head. Yeah, and congratulations yeah. on that that work, by the way, man. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, that, that that's one of our core business at, at the Urban League. Um, you're on the cutting edge of finding th- those things that can make people's lives better. You you talked about housing and and Quantum's core is is health. Mm-hmm. Um, you're constantly looking at those indicators reflecting the status of Black and Brown people who live in this community. Tell us about that next big thing that 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 you got your eye on because I, I know you yeah. always focus on oh, something man. that's that's reaching that that yeah. mean something you're reaching for. So we uh, at Quantum Foundation, um, and we'll we'll start talking more about this. Um, the next thing for us is venture philanthropy. Mm. Uh, venture okay. philanthropy is it's uh, it's akin to venture capitalism, um, which can have negative connotation uh, because capitalism seems so harsh. Mm-hmm. But venture philanthropy takes into account that one foundation, and we recognize this, even with $155 million as of today, $155 million endowed, giving out what we give out annually, we are not going to even scratch the surface right. on what's needed in these communities. And so venture philanthropy allows a singular foundation like ours to look at deeply embedded problems and look at it from systemic and root cause levels, and, and then what I call doing the calculus on solving the problem and bringing others to the table of solution. And so the venture part of it is, how do you aggregate what we call mobilizing and aggregate capital, whereas Quantum might be able to give out $100,000 or half a million dollars or a million dollars, the project may be $21 million. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. venture philanthropy allows an organization like Quantum to work uh, proactively to do calculus on a deeply embedded problem at a systems or some root level cause, root cause level, and and then call the capital needed right. to solve the problem. It's just like when you invest in private equity. You know, you have capital calls. That's when they need the capital and put the capital to work for whatever reason. So that's the idea. Um, so we're we'll, we'll be uh, we're, we're going to be endeavoring onto that, Patrick, because like I said, you know, I've been in philanthropy here in, in the county for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, program one program at a time is just not going to keep up with the demand of what's happening. So in the identify, find you know, identify the the, the possible uh, solution, identify the, the 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 cost, and then seed it, and then look for others to, to contribute. Absolutely, man. Okay, it, it, it is as simple as that. It took me way too long to say it, but look, that's mm-hmm. what smart men like you do. You mm-hmm. make <laughs> you 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 make the, the the complex things sound so simple. Oh my God, um, I mentioned that that you're a community leader and advocate and. You've been there. Your your voice is powerful and, and strong when when it comes to talking about those things that that are affecting our, our community. But the one thing I did not mention, I think everybody needs to understand: you're a father. Mm-hmm. You're a father. Four. Four kids. Mm-hmm. I I had I had number number three. Four kids. Mm-hmm. What has been your guide star towards raising these kids? Well, I didn't know my dad growing up. So I grew up single mom, housing projects, uh, and never actually met my my father. So I uh, that that that's a part of my journey that you know I, I'll never get to know that. But what I was in what I was incredibly intentional about doing 
was being a husband to my wife of now 25 years mm -hmm. and a father to our four children, Madison, Mason, Miles, and Malachi, whose ages are 22, 20, 17, and 14. Um, the guy started for me, and I go back to my faith, was uh, I wanted to be a father that of, you know, of Scripture, mm -hmm. a man of Scripture. Mm -hmm. um, that's my foundation, and I believed, and I still believe that as I read the text and as I live my life in a way that honors the Lord my God, what I also do is I then put it into practice in my home, which is, you know, the first place um, that I've got to live out. You know, if you say I'm a community leader, the first community is my home. So I have to make sure that my home is is, is set. So, you know, being a, a father of, you know, four four children, my daughter being the oldest, um, I, I just I always had it in mind. I'm going to I want to do and will be for my children what I never knew. Um Sometimes I probably overdo it. My boys are older now, and they probably want to run every time I want to come over and hug them and kiss them. But I know how important those things are. As those boys get older, Eric, they're they, they going to say, no, come on, Dad. Yeah, come on, yeah they're already you know, doing that. They're come already on, doing that. Not, not, not in front people. Come exactly. on. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, Eric, look, I can go on and on and on. It's been a pleasure mm -hmm. uh, to at least have this first discussion with you because yeah. there's more to come. Yeah. That there's more to come. We, we, we just scratched the surface, but mm. uh, we've reached that time of our last question of this session with you. Okay. What's next for Eric? Uh, you know, listen, man, I, um, I just turned 54. Probably a little Young. older than that now. Young. Young. Yeah, right. Don't feel it. Um, you know, I don't know. I, 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 you know. I know people say 65 is retirement age. I don't know that retirement in the traditional sense, but I know that I, I want to um, do a little bit more in terms of of, of build, building on leadership principles and, and models. Like I can only be one leader in one place at one time. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's through teaching, uh, I, you know, I'm working on a degree. Whether it's it's you know through the academy and teaching or consulting, which is what most uh, washed up CEOs. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I I do I do believe for Eric Kelly, it's figuring out how to multiply. Yes. If I have had any success, if the Lord has granted me the ability to have any success, what I would love to do is to be able to multiply that in some some meaningful way. Well, Eric, you are uh, you are definitely on the right path. You have definitely yes, led and continue to lead this this community, and I congratulate you for really being at the top mm. and pulling those and pulling all of us behind you. Okay, oh, so. So no pressure there. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we've you. had Eric Kelly, the CEO of the Quantum Foundation. Eric, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. All right, Patrick, what's happening with the uh, Urban League, man? What's going on? What's going on is that on Monday, October 23rd, we have our 15th annual Youth Empowerment Breakfast. And it's going to be at the West Palm Beach Marriott, 8 o'clock a.m. We have some dynamic speakers. We have some, a lot of interaction from our kids. And we need to have a, a, a lot of support from the community for this breakfast because this is where we really use the funds to go into our scholarships for our kids uh, at the end of the school year. And on an annual, annual basis, we give out anywhere between 40 to 45 scholarships every year to uh, our high school seniors. So come out and support hmm. us at the Urban League of Palm Beach County Youth Empowerment Breakfast on Monday, October 23rd. All right. Urban League Palm Beach County President and CEO, Mr. Patrick Franklin. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Have a great day. This is South Florida Sundays. I'm Trey Brazier.